All right, welcome back to what I guess I'll call season two of the Life is Pain, So What interview series. And today I am actually in the very home of the Mixed Table crew. Welcome. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Thanks right. for coming out. Yeah, man. Appreciate you for coming through the Mixed Table. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so if you guys aren't already aware, um, Tyrone McClendon, and then we got young Seppi, Joseph, um, as the two uh, founders and creators of the podcast. Uh, yeah, so if you guys want to one by one, just kind of give the audience a brief introduction. After you. All right. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm Young Seppi, uh, Joseph Middledorf. Uh, shit. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I make music. Uh, damn. How did the podcast get started? Is what he asked. Shit. I'm already <laughs> I'm already out of it. Okay. So um. Well, actually, before you do that, um, Tyrone, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah. And then I have like a backstory I want to share. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, well, my name is Tyrone McClendon, or as some of you may know me, Tyrone McClendon. And <laughs> uh, I am also the co-host and co-creator of The Mixed Table. I do a bunch of things on camera and behind the camera. And yeah, sometimes you'll see me, sometimes you won't. All right. So funny story on how uh, I guess this connection furthered. <laughs> yeah. I was actually at a concert. Um, it was Velvet Residences um, show they put together. I think uh, Trent in the Trees, Peyton Moore, Peyton Moore, Jelani Imani, and Clue were the artists that night. Mm -hmm. And so I leave the show. I'm at home, you know, kicking my feet up. I'm drinking some hot tea because I always get hoarse at shows from talking. And um, I'm scrolling, <laughs> and apparently. I already followed Tyrone, but I I didn't remember because like I'm pretty inconsistent at my viewership, I guess. And so I see the back of my head in his story. And he's like, damn, I'm behind like the tallest guy in here type thing. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's the back of my head. So I just I just hit him up. and was like, my bad for being tall, I guess. That was honestly so embarrassing because it's almost like, you know, <laughs> there's so many times, especially if, you know, you just follow people and you see people doing crazy shit in the world. And you're like, look at this guy. Right. Look, look at this guy. <laughs> you don't ever expect anyone to see it. So I was like, damn, it was like getting caught red handed or something in that moment. Yeah. You never know who's watching. You never know. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I actually started following him um, during your uh, the what's it called? Here's my specials. Uh, it was the thing where you were putting people in jerseys, and I saw Jelani in one. Ah, uh, yes, yes, that one entry long series that I did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's why I can't remember the name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely. Um, yeah. So if you guys want to talk about like the origin of, I guess you guys' dynamic before the actual creation of the show, like how'd you guys come together? So, oh, so we really met. Um at the lunch table like the second the first or second day of freshman year of high school um we ended up having some classes together that year but like we we met um and then i think we really became friends i got a playstation 3 for christmas that year <laughs> nice and uh and then we started playing modern warfare 2 together online and that's when it really started yeah and here we are 10 years later so you guys were in there uh tag team trolling kids and stuff yeah, oh, yeah, everything I, like that whole era of modern warfare two craziness. Yeah. It will never be recreated. Yeah. Never, and it shouldn't be. To be to be to be fair, <laughs> fair. it shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> but, but running around corner trapping people. Yeah, and, we uh, were little bastards. Yeah, 
I bought a mic specifically to like piss people off while we were playing the game. Like I had a whole account set up. Like if you were ever corner trapped by Honey Badger thirteen ninety seven, I'm not sorry. Uh, yeah. But uh, but it was honestly it, like it was just a to be cliche. It was like a friendship match made in heaven type thing. I mean, we were both only children, uh, both like super analytical about every single little thing, um, and just. I don't know. We just we just had a lot of similar interests early on. Um, and so we just I don't know. You know, as time goes on, you know, people just they come in and come out of your lives. And, you know, we just stayed together. We literally only had class freshman year and then didn't have class again until like one semester senior year. Oh, wow. But like and that then I left that class. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> but we still stayed true that that whole time. I mean, fucking going to Moe's and doing, like, math homework for, like, two hours a day and all that shit, or just, you know, you know, just real friendship. Like, we've really been through it all. Like, we've hated each other. Well, we've never hated each other, but nah, we've had times where we've been... I was been, about to say, that was... We've I, never hated each other, but we've had times where we've been like, all right, I just need to take a break from this guy for that. But we've also had the moments where we're just like, damn, bro, like, we're really doing this shit, bro. Like, we're... Yeah, for sure. We're, we're getting to it. Because there was, like, definitely, like, that... um that summer after our freshman year at college, we would just like, we'd have nothing to do. And we would literally just like drive the car and like sit in a parking lot and just like text people like, hey, what's up? What's up? And we would just sit there for like two hours and be like, well, shit, I guess we'll smoke some weed and go home. And like, so we've been, I don't know, we've been like the high, I guess those are, those are the lows of just yeah. like, I don't know. Tyrone's been the friend that I was just like, if I got nothing to do, I'm going to go hang out with Tyrone and we'll figure something out or we won't and it'll be okay. Yeah. Which is very special, honestly. I'd like to think so. Yeah. Um, so you guys have your friendship and you guys have been cultivating that. Um, when did you guys decide that you wanted to do this? I don't know. I don't want to say business endeavor together, but this project together. So, um, Let's see. So I had come back. Uh, yeah, for those of you, because I don't talk about it on the show. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I live in Portugal. And uh, so I was back in town. Literally, I was back in town because it was my grandpa's 90th birthday. Oh, wow. And Congrats so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was back and I was like, well, you know, I'm flying over here. So I might as well, you know, I stayed for a while and I came. I, the plan was to go to um, I was going to be here in Atlanta just for a couple weeks. And then I was going to go out and see some friends in Louisiana and just things kind of fell apart. And I was talking to Tyrone. And I was like, well, you know, would your mom be OK with me staying here for another couple weeks? And uh, while we were doing that, uh, you know, we were hanging out with our friend Jakari and we had just been recording some songs and stuff. And we were like we could probably do this more efficiently. Like if we, if there was a way that we could run these beats like through something and we could just like record on top of them, like right. instead of having to like listen to a beat, do you like this one? Yeah. Like, and then you load it into the thing and it like, it kind of cuts it all up. Like it gets choppy. And uh, so we came over here and he was just like, I don't know. We just kind of put the shit on and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it happened really organically. Like, that was not the plan of what we sat down to do. Right. And we ended up listening back to the session. We were like, you know what? This could be, like, this could be a show. Yeah. Back then, we were calling it the Camelot. <laughs> yeah. It was a round table full of spitters. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, so, yeah, so it was really, like, we, after our friend Jakari came over, uh, like, there was literally a moment where we, like, looked at each other and was like, oh, like, this could be something. 
Um, and I think literally maybe that was the subject matter for the the rest of the time he was here. Yeah. We whenever like there would be a lull in the conversation, it'd just be like, okay, I have an idea about how we could do this and how this could be this, that, and this, and then just like you know. He says something and I think, oh, damn, we could take that and we could do this, that and this and blah, 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 blah. And so we just kept getting more and more excited. And we were just like, all right, we keep talking about like if we're going to do this and this, then I'm like, let's just say we're doing this. Like this is going to happen. Let's, right. Yeah, we're going to make a definitive statement. And because the whole thing was I was only in town for like another two weeks. So we didn't really have enough time to, to do anything then. And so I was like, OK, if we're going to do this for real, like I'm going to have to buy another plane ticket to come back here and like. So we need to like we need to come with a plan, right? And so I was back in Portugal only for a month, and uh, and we kind of mapped out all our things. We were like, you know, we need to do this and this and this. Like, you know, set some goals. Like, we put a list of people together who we thought we could talk to and get some episodes recorded, and you know, came back, hit the ground running, and learned along the way that shit just never runs that smoothly like, <laughs> right yeah that was actually um my follow-up was what do you guys think has been the the largest obstacle you've had to overcome since starting it huh for me well so so a little i mean i know we briefly touched on background but i've been doing podcasting now like just as my own kind of thing since 2016 17 maybe somewhere around there okay. so you know I had a little bit of base knowledge of what I wanted to do and how things wanted to be done. And I guess that was kind of a hurdle for me was trying to prep somebody who like doesn't really know what's about to happen. Cause I didn't want to like, sh I didn't want to like kill his dreams. Like he would say things and I didn't want to be like, yeah, that's, that's not happening or that's not how that's going to go. Right. I had to find ways to, to put things in a realistic perspective while also still being open-minded and like, you know, you know, thinking forward about things. So I think that was the challenge for me. What about you? What would you say? Um, dealing with like people, I don't know. <laughs> dealing, so, dealing, so showing up, I had been literally just like locked inside for like 18 months. I really didn't go outside. Like I'd see people every once in a while. So I had like gotten rusty, just like, I don't know, like interacting with people, right. like, Excuse me. You gotta like you have to you have to lie in conversations a little bit like or you can't you don't have to lie but you can't just say like all of the truth all the time and like so it was a little bit of that and then just like not getting dejected because like people's schedules change all the time and you're like yeah I remember there was one interview I can't even remember which one it was at this point but we had like we don't really plan them out ahead of time but we were like oh we're gonna do we got this bit we can do like we're gonna talk about this thing like we had like a like a tailor-made episode for our guest and then we had to schedule it like another couple days and we were like we'd set we'd set all our stuff up we'd set up the cameras this and that and just like not getting dejected when things don't work out the first time right because they'll work out the second time or the third time or the fourth but like when you're starting, when it doesn't go right the first time, you're like, well, I don't even know if I can do this. Like, I couldn't even get it right the first time. Like, what am I, how am I going to, how am I going to get it right in the future? I can't even do it now. And so, I don't know. Just, I don't know. Resiliency. For sure. Definitely. I definitely can relate to that for sure. People's schedules and, you know, having to be willing to accommodate them and not, like, take it personally. It's definitely a... It's a mental hurdle to get through. 
So I heard on the podcast you guys were talking about a little bit about basketball. Do you guys uh, indulge in sports? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. We've actually been kind of having a conversation about this. Is like, because uh, uh, I think Joe is going through a, a a crisis right now where he's trying to find what his it's, spark in sports right now. It's not even. I don't know. It's not even a crisis. It's like a <laughs> long. It's it's been a long slide. I like the first sport. I like really. So basketball and baseball was like where I really like found like interest in sports as a kid, and I played soccer as a kid too. But um, like. Baseball was the first thing that, like, I got to college, and then I just, like, couldn't get myself to care about it anymore. And it used to be, like, the biggest priority in my life, and, yes. I it, like, it was shocking. And I was just like, what is going on with me? Like, I can't even – like, I used to watch, like, 100 Braves games a year. Oh, and no. <laughs> And, like, I couldn't sit through, like – like, I couldn't get through, like, the seventh inning. I was just like, what's happening to me? And so I've been becoming more disillusioned with sports, and the NFL is, like, the latest, like – fatality like i use because my life used to just be like i'm glad i'm not like this anymore but i used to just be like crazy into fantasy football like it consumed like that like what like five months out of the year like i was just always sitting there i was researching like i'm actually doing my first fantasy football team this year (laughs) it's not going well (laughs) it's its own thing for sure and because it just got to the point I was like, I was like my whole week was like and like really in in reality, my whole year was just like riding on like the third string wide receiver for a team that was like four and 11. And <laughs> I was just like, what am I doing with my life right now? Like this guy, no, like shout out to whoever that guy was. But like. I don't know. I didn't need to be that heavily invested in it. Yeah, definitely. And so really basketball is the only sport that I'm like still actively following. I'm I still care about the storylines and like so, you know. Uh for me with with sports, it's actually almost kind of the reverse. For me, I did not really care for sports at all as a kid. I mean, I played baseball as a kid uh just you know with the local rec park, but like uh, I never really cared for sports at all. Zero. I mean, I would always watch, you know, the Super Bowl, the NBA like the, Finals, the you know, ones. the big stuff. But I, you know, I can name the big players, and that was about it. I could really care less. But when I got to college, all of a sudden, like, it clicked for me. And I think it was because I was around a bunch of people who cared about sports. And I will also, you know, things like Bleacher Report and, you know, yes. things that kind of uh minded that gap of social media and understanding the culture while also doing sports reporting and things like that so that helped me started to get uh, interested into storylines and things like that oh shit i'm skipping over <laughs> in high school i got really big into soccer shout out to diego silva because without him like soccer ended up taking up that was the sport from high school up to now that's the only one that i still really like care about that was your gateway sport that was my gateway sport that helped me understand like oh shit like being invested in a team and being like knowing players and seeing their journey so but it wasn't until college when i really started to be like oh sports are like cool (laughs) so but i'm realizing now as i'm getting older that it's not even necessarily the sports itself that i'm so interested in joseph kind of mentioned it there but it's the storylines yes i am a born again wrestling fan so that in itself is just like made me restructure how i look at everything and i'm noticing now that 
it's just the wrestling of everything else that I'm so impressed with. So the wrestling that comes with football and basketball, all the shit talking on Twitter, all of the crazy storylines. This guy used to play on this team. Like, I just love that. I love the storybook endings, rooting for whoever is going to have the best movie made about them on Netflix or whatever. <laughs> and that, and that's, I think it was, I've, I had this realization. It was my freshman year of college and I was watching, I had just gotten back from hanging out with people and like, I was watching sports center. I just had this realization that like, these were all literally just like people. Uh, like yeah. they weren't, these were just people and that like reality or like that sports is just like the best reality tv that has ever existed like because people don't know that it's real like yeah the games happen and right. like there's all these theory oh it's fixed it's not like whatever with the because the refs are just terrible but um like it's the because people don't realize that they're watching reality tv and that's why they care about what so-and-so had to say about like the friend of this other person and they're like this means that this person's going to this team because like this yeah. person unfollowed this other guy and like and i don't know it made me it made me understand so many other people's that like that didn't like sports i was able to be like i could watch their shows with them now and be like oh this is just sports but it's like it, different details yeah it but it's the exact same it they want you watch the shows the exact same way like you start caring about one team and then that kind of gets you to i don't know it just interesting but people people don't realize that that it's just reality television that's cool and um with the wrestling thing i remember one time um speaking with jelani shout out him um he was saying um, I was actually talking him to him about a mixtape that no longer exists, and it was like wrestling theme. He was telling me about his fallout with wrestling, et cetera, et cetera, and how um, he just thought it was cool as he started like acting and stuff. Because he was like, wrestling is like extreme theater. Like it's like they're doing their own stunts live in front of people, and like it's like they know what they're gonna do, but it's like pulling that off in that moment with all these people is like a talent in it in and of itself. And it was like something I hadn't really like considered at the time. And cause that's, he's been, he spent this whole trip these last two months. Like he's been like, I'm going to make you watch wrestling. Cause like, I never watched it growing up. Like I didn't get it. I was like, Oh, you know, it's fake. Like, uh, right. And, and that's when I realized like after watching it, that it's just like gymnastics in theater. Like yes. you're like, yeah, like they're not actually fighting, but that guy literally did jump off the top of that thing. Like that gravity. There was a lot of things that could have went wrong. It's gravity not like still he just works. Has like, like a yeah, fast and furious superpower type situation. Going. Yeah, he really did just do that flip. Like that did happen, and so I don't know. I've gained a, I've gained an appreciation for it. And so yeah, and like I said, I'm a I'm a born again wrestling fan. I I wasn't. I had kind of like Johnny. I'd fell out of wrestling, well, like most people, honestly, out of this past like two years. But I, wrestling, just you know, you grow up. You know, you 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 get it. You understand it. You're like whatever. Okay, it's cool. And then you know, without getting too off the deep end here, but you know, right. wrestling for a while, it was just marketed towards kids. That's just what it was. So you know, I could understand it. But the pandemic and just. I don't know, really the pandemic just made me like stay in the house and be like, all right, let me just like look at some shit. Um, yeah, it just, it just, I don't, I don't know, man. Well, 
like I said, wrestling is just a, in, a, in a good place right now. The entire business is in a really like just good space. So if you're if anybody's listening to this and you're thinking about getting back into wrestling, now would be a good time to do it. I think I think also part of it though is that like when you're a kid, you just believe things, mm. right? You believe things and you believe in things. And then you kind of hit that, like, those first couple years of your 20s, you realize everything's a fucking lie. Like, <laughs> it's all bullshit. And, and so then all these things that you liked, you're like, oh, my God, it wasn't actually, like, that deep. Or it wasn't, like, they were acting or they were this or they were that. And you kind of you lose all those things. And you then get you get that first existential crisis in. Because yeah and then and then you're like okay well i'm gonna go find something else and then you kind of realize that all the other things are all that as well but they don't have that same hold on you because you found them later in life but so then you i don't know it's why people get back into video games they played when they were a kid or they get back into whatever they liked when they were younger because you're like okay i know i'm being lied to but like i'm okay being this is this is fun like it's one of my conspiracy theories that I don't I like but don't like is that the moon landing was fake. I like to believe that the moon landing was real because it just doesn't hurt anybody. Right. Like it could like you show me like one really good piece of evidence that it was fake and I'm like yeah definitely because like the gov you can't fucking trust the government but like <laughs> believing that we went to the moon like doesn't hurt anybody I'm like that's cool I like it and if it's a lie that's fine yeah like I, I don't care back. like. It's the moon. Okay. So to put a bow on that sports thing, since I guess you guys casually at the very least watch basketball, I'm sure you've probably seen the uh, the videos going around of uh, building your all-time starting five and how that could be controversial and, you know, debatable. Um, I'm, is, li- I'm literally the worst person to ask this, I, but go on. Keep I'll, going. I'll, 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 I'll humor you. I'll build two rosters. Like, I don't care. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about this. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's build a roster. Okay. Okay, so you got to the easiest pick in the history of this is Shaquille O'Neal. You have to start with Shaq at your at like Shaq at the 5. It nobody did it like Shaq. Nobody's going to do it like Shaq. That so Shaq easy. Okay, so Number let's one, let's just Shaq. say hypothetically First draft pick, if Shaq. we were doing this to build a modern day basketball team, would okay. you still want Shaq if he was yes. going to have to play today? If like fifty year old Shaq? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like if two thousand Shaq is in the league, he's dominant. Like <laughs> fair it, enough. Fair enough. Especially now with how they like like how the how the fouls are called. Like if and then if Shaq because Shaq like he's not going to start shooting threes, but like they'd get him they'd get his free throws right now and um yeah absolutely Shaq in any era all right so we got Shaq Shaq in any era um I'm co-signing whatever he said so okay <laughs> so that's probably the easiest one uh is Shaq I think maybe either like Kevin Garnett or Dirk at mm. the four um you get a little more shooting out of Dirk you get a little more offense out of Dirk you get a little better defense out of KG but like he can still shoot We're gonna go with Dirk just to keep it interesting. Okay, okay. <laughs> got Shaq and Dirk. Little, little more range. Still get you the rebounds. LeBron at the three. Again, it speaks for itself. That's that's mm-hmm. easy. Um, LeBron at the three. I mean, like Jordan at the two. <laughs> like, also speaks for itself. Yeah, like that's. I don't have to defend that pick. Like that team's gonna be nasty. 
Um, and then just because I want it, um, we're gonna put Damian Lillard. At oh the, my at God! The one. Spice, some spice. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Just because this is the rot, like there are better point guards in the history of the NBA than Damian Lillard. For sure. You got Michael Jordan and you have LeBron. Like they'll run the offense. Like I want Damian Lillard out there because if I'm if I need a shot in the last five seconds, I'm trusting Damian Lillard more than LeBron or MJ. That's I don't know if I can follow you down that one. I've already co-signed all this shit. Now I got to deal with it too. That's very interesting. I wasn't gonna talk recklessly until you blindly co-signed what I was gonna say. But yeah, I don't know. Dame time, I guess. I'm saying. Um, He may be one of those cases where once he's on a better team, we'll appreciate him more. If if Damian Lillard is the fifth best player on your team, like you're You're, gonna be fine. You're pretty fine. You're gonna be fine. But like, I'm obviously like put like Allen Iverson or Magic Johnson again. If you want to build like a crazy team, put another six nine point guard out there. Magic like, which is what I do. Yeah. All right, well, to quickly get through that, just in case anyone's curious on what I would do, I would go LeBron at the point guard, Jordan at the two, Kevin Durant at the three, uh, probably Tim Duncan at the four, and, again, Shaq is the right answer. He's, <laughs> he's, he's unstoppable. And, and like that's, I'm not even willing to entertain 